It's 6.27 p.m. And welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury. And here we are. Another week. It's cold. Another week in lockdown. We've got to be coming up for the old first anniversary, haven't we? Uh, well, our second anniversary will be... Or what do you mean of lockdowns or of us? Or yeah. A, well, a, I, lockdown is... I want to say it was kind of mid-March that it all started to... The wheels came off the bus. I don't know. One, well, you know, one lockdown quickly merges in, into another. Um, you know, one government U-turn quickly turns into, you know, donuts around the car park, really, I guess. Well, yes, yeah, yes, yes. It's not looking good for the old consistent leadership thing, is it? So, uh, yeah, no, no, I reckon I was expecting you to land a few low blows today. Simon. Yeah, but it's, you know what? Uh, it's fair enough. All's fair. Thank- In love, war and politics. Yeah, it? I know. But, uh, but, but thank God we didn't vote for chaos with Ed Miliband, eh? Bloody hell, we'd have been stuffed, eh? Ed Miliband, oh bless him! <laughs> but How did go. he? Do- I still don't quite know. And again, perhaps I wasn't as interested in politics as I am now. But there was Ed Miliband and David Miliband, and one of them seemed like a sort of credible, sensible politician who looked like he could be elected, and the other one was Ed Miliband. Ah, oh, that's that's outrageous. Um, I have to say, I do, I I do love the podcast that he does. Um, Reasons to be cheerful that he does with Jeff Floyd. Um, uh, do you know what I, do, I find him actually very entertaining now uh, since he's got out of politics he's uh, or whether I don't know he's out he, of politics or he's, he's just still, he's still an MP party. man but, yeah no he's, he's, he's a very entertaining fellow I think so uh, which is good so how's your week been old chum um, yeah it's been okay um, more um, more uh, working from home like basically half the country um, and um, and doing fine they've let us loose actually speaking to people at the moment so you know actually oh. getting to Getting to interact with other human beings is um is great. It's good. The great British public. Yes, yeah. No, I've uh, I've had a taste of that myself. As uh, we launched a uh, guide dogs launched a new service at the start of the year, which I've been project managing. So we've got a, a whole new sort of information front line up and running and i've been i've been covering the mailbox single-handed from the uh from the start of the year so it's been uh very insightful to see a lot of the traffic that comes through via electronic mail and you know you get a number of it you go right i know who needs to do with that and then there are other questions where you furrow your brow and go i've got absolutely no idea what to do with this so yeah good learning Good learning, but uh, yeah, tough week as uh, one of my team, unfortunately, her extended family has been ravaged by COVID, um, oh and yeah, been very hard to hear, you know, firsthand how how one small slip has led to you know some very significant illness and certainly loss of life. So yeah, all been a bit real this week for me, but um, you know, it, again, it, it, it's that element of the hope of the vaccine coming over the hill is um well it's rattling through i think i saw a stat today that more than half of people aged over 80 have already had their first shot um yeah so i mean the rollout does seem to be um does seem to be going too well i i kind of missed the opportunity to come up with what's that coming out over the hill it's a vaccine yeah 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 it's, um but yeah the, um all, all fair play. It does seem that you know the um, the NHS are doing a great job of getting getting the rollout to of the vaccine to um, to the first tier um, of people that need it. So um, good stuff. And the sooner the more people are vaccinated, the better. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that has a uh, that has a as a beautiful segue into this week's show. So yes, maybe maybe not. So we have got. Council and Police and Crime Commissioner elections scheduled for early May this year. And it's a bit of a stop me if you've heard it moment as we had local council and police and crime commissioner elections scheduled for early May last year. So in this week's show, we're going to have a little look about what does that mean? um, How likely are they to go ahead? Should they go ahead? And we might have a look at... um, uh, everybody knows that we do love a spreadsheet and we've got an absolute oh, it's, it's, it's a thing of beauty 
It's a thing of beauty, actually. Beautiful spreadsheet. Um, to play about with later. Okay, well, you you play around with your columns and your rows, um, but do make sure, of course, that um, after sixty five thousand columns, it doesn't start, it doesn't copy across. Um, yeah, no, so, no. So no, remember you'd, that you never do that on a big spreadsheet. Fraught with danger, mate. Even for a man like myself that loves a spreadsheet, yeah. something's too big. You want to put that in a database, son. That's what you want to do. Secure one at that. Yes. No, um, no, no copy paste, mate. Mate, it's not the way. No, it is. It is not. It is, a, it is a. It is a way to loads of compromised data and loads of missing data, um, as um, as some people discovered recently. Can't think. Of. Um. So okay. Yes. So we're we're going to be discussing about um the May elections. Um. And may they go forward or may they not or should they? And then the other subject that um that we wanted to wanted to cover was the, was the question about leaflets. Ah oh, yes, yes. Leafleting, controversial topic at the best of times in terms of are the only people interested in political leaflets the people who print and distribute the political leaflets? So we will touch on that towards the uh, end of the show and um, and just see how it's being approached. We'll yeah. see if we can put in that through your letterbox. Nationwide style. But on this day, I can't even remember what the date is. 17th of January, isn't it, old chum? It is indeed the 17th of January. So, um, 1874, armed Democrats seize Texas government ending radical reconstruction. Oh. Do you know, you know. Uh, armed Democrats? Yes, armed armed militia. Yes. Oh, thank God there's, there's, oh, um, they stopped Annabelle, doing that in America. Isn't this one of these funny old things in American politics where... Back in 1874, wouldn't the Democrats then have been what we know as Republicans now? Um, I, think, I, I think there's something funny went on. I, I don't know. I mean, American history, it's short and it doesn't make sense. So no. um, moving swiftly on, um, there's, a, there's a bit of a theme with the, with the, other, with the other entries. Um, 1961, um, on this day, um, President Eisenhower allegedly orders assassination of Congo's Patrice Lumbumba. That's again. That's that's not really a proper diplomacy, is it? Um, what we can't talk to you, so we're going to shoot you. Yeah, I guess it was sixty-one different times. Just finished mm. my book today. I chose to read another James Bond, Live and Let Die, in nineteen fifty-four. You couldn't play that out loud now. And why on earth would you would you want to? Um, nineteen eighty seven, uh, President Reagan signed secret order permitting covert sale of arms to Iran. Well, it didn't end very well, did it? No, I mean you know, thank God, you know we don't have any things about politicians signing dodgy contracts with people or doing things under the hand and illegally. Oh, you are full <laughs> front foot and playful today, so, aren't you, 19, volunteer boy? Nineteen. God, uh, this is going to turn ugly later. Um, if you insist. Uh, nineteen ninety-eight. U.S. President Bill Clinton faces sexual harassment charges from Paula Jones. So, um, so some examples then of um, of some of of the finest moments of of American political history. Yeah, I think it was on the news quiz this week that that um, I think it was described as Donald Trump's presidency being the darkest period in America's history. And I think it was that he's a ghastly lefty. But uh, Nish Kumar pointed out, well, there was the massacre of the indigenous people, Owen slavery, and there had been some pretty dark episodes in American history. So for this to be the darkest um it was all looking pretty grim. So what do you reckon? We'll just do a quick bit on our American cousins. Do you reckon they're going to impeach him? I think they are. I, I yeah. think they are. Um, um, if for anything, um, to, stop him, uh, to stop him standing for public office again, which, of course, will be a blow to any, any attempts to um, run an open-ended campaign to stand um, by allowing someone to collect money off of, off of people. Um, which would be um, a shame to deprive him of that. But, um, yeah, it, 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 is it a case of, look, it's over, blooming hell, we just want shot, um, thanks very much. Uh, we yeah. we want to wash our hands, as in the Republicans want to wash their hands of him and um, claim that they had nothing to do with actually getting him into power in the first place or supporting him while he was in power. But, you know, hey. Yeah, well, I, th I think there's an element of they, they, they've got to, haven't they? There's an element of... You know, again, I was watching the Andrew Marr show this morning and it was the, the thing that stunned me. They said, well, there was a 
lady on from CNN who said, um, you know, his approval ratings have fallen to an all-time low of 29%. And I kind of looked at it and thought, well, that means still that nearly three in 10 people approve of him. Well, yeah, I mean, look at the, at the end of the day, yes, um, there's still going to be a divided country. So it's it's a, an interesting tactic for you know for some some people to be saying to Democrats, oh, well, you should just forgive, and for the sake of um, unity for the country, should um, should kind of just get over it. Um, I think you could, that's a bit rum, isn't it? When he's taking his his dollies are going out of the pram and he's flying out of the country the day before JB's inauguration. You know, when, uh, let's face it, in the run, he was fairly unpleasant about Barack Obama and Barack Obama at least had the decency to welcome him into the White House, shake him by the hand, wish him well done and offer him a nice cup of tea and a, and a fruit shrewsbury. That last bit I might have made up. But I bet there were biscuits. I bet he put biscuits on. I, 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 don't, I don't know whether, you know, what sort of... Um what sort of biscuits there were but who knows um maybe trump will hop on a plane and uh, try to fly to his um to his golfing destination in scotland and then we'll then we'll see whether the um whether the scots police def- defining that as unessential travel end up arresting him Which well he'll have to have a co- he'd have to have a covid test wouldn't he i think he could do um, with more than a covid yeah, test but nonetheless the old uh, um, corridors but uh no they, they did tell me where he's going he's flying off to some island who I think are okay to have him Lago? because of the amount of money he spent on golf courses and resorts there. So, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, mark my words, he will be there on the 20th claiming that he is still the valid president of America and he will be whipping up the lunatics from afar. So that's why I reckon they'll impeach him. Um, yes. Um, anywho, so moving on from the States, um, yes. so let's, let's move from talking about something that we know very little about to something that we know Maybe a little bit less, little bit, or more, little about. bit, little bit, little bit. So last year we were meant to have the local elections and the police and crime commissioner elections. They were meant to take place on the second of uh, May and on the thirteenth of March. The government announced that they were putting back the local election, local and police and crime commissioner elections until the seventh of May this year. So the drums all rolling as there's. There's many, many denials from uh, members of government that the uh, there's no possibility the ele- the elections would be delayed again. Um, you can, I don't know whether you can take to the bank government denials that things won't be the opposite of what they're saying that they are at the moment. Um, but um, so there's that. But there is also um, conversation in the press. So whether that's just to be honest, whether that's just the media navel gazing. Uh, about whether whether they actually bill with will be delayed again with various speculations made in different media about whether they'll be delayed to June, July, or even mm. October. I think. So, and I guess it's I think? guess it's the tricky one because it would have been about this time last year that we did a podcast with John Ferret. Um, mm-hmm. excellent podcast as I recall it. Yeah. Um, John was very candid. You know, he was um, standing as an independent, but he was due to stand down. Yes choose all the commitments in his uh, personal life and obviously he's had to do another year but he doesn't have to but you know he's he's doing another year so i guess it's there's that challenge for a number of um and we'll come into it a, a bit more detail later a number of people who are looking to step down from being a local councillor um you know perhaps maybe you know are keen for may to happen but I guess if we think about May, the other thing that I've seen some adverts on the PCC Facebook page is register for a postal vote. Isn't it all a bit of a... Do you, do you know how postal votes work? I know they're corrupt and lead to the most corrupt outcome of any count postal... What I we, know you have to what replace we... the head of the postal service to try and make sure that the all postal right, votes okay. don't get there in time, but... Okay, I, I, I was I wasn't sure whether I could gauge the sarcasm and the irony correctly in what you were saying. Um, so uh, yeah, so basically, if you want to register for a postal ballot, you, then you um, you complete a form that you can download from the council's website, saying that um, that you want to do that. They'll send you basically an application that you and a witness signs. Um, to say, so that they have then on record your signature and there's a witness saying that that's your signature so that when you are sent in due course a postal ballot 
and you sign it, then they they've got something to compare your signature with to set to basically to make sure that um, there's some sort of evidence that the person actually sending in the ballot and signing it is the person that they purported to be based on the original on the original registration. But surely, I get sent the form. I sign it as S. Sansbury, and I witness it as M. Mouse, and I send it back. And then when I come to cast my postal vote, I sign my vote S. Sansbury, and somebody there says, yeah, that looks like the same signature that we had on the bit of paper. My yes, vote is truly but, cast. But but you would only be able to do that for a for a vote that's registered at your address. At your address. So yeah. uh, so to as a as electoral fraud potential goes, you've only got the oh, opportunity it's... to do it for the number of people that live in your property. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to change the world with it, are you? It just not No, well. it just seems to me the 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 method of validating that vote just feels a little bit specious, doesn't it, in terms of Oh, we've got a signature on record. Yeah, but how do you know it was my signature? Well, somebody witnessed it. Well, how do you know that somebody was a somebody and not me? But but in the, but oh. in, by the by the same, I mean, to be fair, you you know, you're not wrong in suggesting that that's a that's a potential way you could you know to um, fiddle it. But yeah. To, but to be really honest, um, there's also no way that the person sitting at the polling station knows that when oh, I yeah, rock yeah. up, I'm yep. I'm who I say I am. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm Brian and so is my wife. So, so I could download it. I've thought about doing it, to be honest, because there's a, obviously there are some challenges for a man such as myself to go and vote um, as not being able to see where to place my ex is obviously a concern. You keep putting um, so them next I, to so conservative candidates it. by mistake. That seems to be the problem that you have at, at most. Yeah, I mean, I, I could end up voting for the wrong person, couldn't I? I mean, it's, that would be God awful. God forbid the last local election, I could have ended up voting for you. God, how bad <laughs> would that make me feel? But um, well, no, this, I took I took along my true. eldest son, who I could uh, trust to ensure that I, I voted for the correct team, rather hey. than your sister, who I think might have accidentally steered me wrong in a dreadful electrical I was going to say, so, so you're, you're trusting Tom to make sure that he guides you correctly to vote for the right party, because Tom's never had a, a predisposition to practical jokes. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's an absolute villain, but politically, the, the lad's got his head screwed on. He's, he's, he, he, he's got himself... He's on the right path, the lad. Oh, really? And can, can be trusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, Tom. Don't worry, you'll grow out of it. So, um, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I, I should thank you both because both of you signed my nomination papers um, in 2019. We, we so. said you were a fit and proper person, and that took a bit of a stretch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we were good. With yeah, that. good grief. That was that, that was enough of a lie. Um, so, okay. So yes. So um, Lynn says that she has a postal postal vote. Um, so uh, yeah, there's some. Um, I, I I think there there might be quite a few people that would be um, more inclined to vote by post this year because it means they don't have to go out. Um, and if you thought about um, if you thought about trying to hold a normal election in the current situation, would you have to kind of spray and wipe down the the polling booth um, each time someone comes in and votes? Would you be asking people to bring their own? pencils with them or pens with them so that you don't have to keep wiping down the pencils yeah would you um would you need to make sure that there's a limit of how many people come into the polling station at the same time do you have to limit it to one because otherwise they're mixing from outside one household um do you have issues with because you know let's be honest most of the volunteers the excellent volunteers that are the clerks on the day um yep. in, the, in the polling station more mature. are are in the uh, are more likely to be in the age groups that, although to be fair, by that point they'll all all add their jabs um, to be vulnerable to it. So d there are some there are some questions and some possible problems with with an elect. But um, and as we'll talk about later, I, I the the issues aren't only on the day, or the questions aren't only on the day. There's also the question of before you get to an election political parties and candidates need to campaign for your vote to see whether um, it's worth, you know, so that they can hopefully convince you that it's it's worth you giving them your vote. 
Um, and that means that volunteers would be out and about. That means handing out information. Sometimes that, that um, would usually mean um, in more normal times, if we can actually remember what those are, that would be knocking on doors, that would be holding um, outdoor You'd events. You'd have your little, your little street stall, wouldn't yeah, you? Little st- well, not so little street stall, to be fair. Um, but let's not go into the size of my street stall. So, um, so you've got all of those things, all of that campaign activity, which in the yep. current climate isn't necessarily conducive to... Um, which isn't necessarily conducive to uh, to you know to staying at home, limiting your contact with other people from outside your household or your bubble um, in public. Yeah. So, yeah. so if we think about that, I mean that that potentially. So, you know, again, if we look at the risks to the May, you know, to the May elections, risks are very low voter turnout. And let's face it, we've touched on it on this show before. Voter turnout in local elections, particularly in some wards, less than spectacular. Yep. I think would be a, a fair understatement. In, in some so places, it, ba- that it in barely play. makes 20%. And also, as you say, if you've done the right thing and not been out and about campaigning, the risks are that people will just vote along well-established party lines Although we'll touch on the runners and riders, there are a few big names in this uh, in this um, in in this round. But the, the risk is it, it it's a kind of something and nothing, isn't it? In the end, it becomes almost a non-event. We tick the box. You know, will there be? You know, again, it's interesting. There was a lot of talk when we spoke about voter ID that you know some a lot of people were very angry because they said, well, that. If you like that, bit excludes a portion of the electorate, or potentially excludes a portion of the electorate. Well, I guess if we're having a an election in COVID and people can't be bothered to post or vote, are we going to exclude a proportion of the electorate from the democratic event? I um I guess you could you could make the argument that by um, drastically changing the environment or the, the environment being drastically different to to what it would normally be there, there there might be some people that were less disposed to um to go out and, and cast their ballot um but to be fair they are also more likely to then take up uh, to take up postal ballots i've got no idea um what the what the numbers are for si- signing up to um to postal ballots at the moment so that you know that, that it would be interesting to know whether councils or indeed Portsmouth City Council are seeing um, an increase in, in people signing up for that as they think ahead of to whether um, on May the sixth they're going to want to they're going to want to go out or actually feel that they should. So mm. it, the, the the questions all there. The whole kind of questions about our postal ballots are a weaker part of our electoral system is is a, is to be fair a kind of a, is a separate point, isn't it? Um, but there will be some people that would need more help in order to make sure they can cast a uh, a postal ballot. Yeah, I mean, for for me, the postal ballot. I know I was being a bit playful earlier. I don't see it no. as any more or less secure, as you say. It's not open to mass abuses. No. It's it's, you know, it is what it is. I think the challenge is always with something like that. In is that it, anything that becomes even a minor faff. Just has people, who, you know, no, you know, the cynical. Well, my vote doesn't make a difference anyway. You know, again, are they going to go that extra mile to to register for a postal vote? I mean, you were at the count in twenty nineteen. You know, did, did were the what were the postal votes like then? You know, was it? A, I would imagine it was a fairly small proportion of votes cast. Um. So on the on the night the the the. On the night, you're only you're only actually you're counting the the um, the physical ones. The actual postal ballots have all have um have actually been done before, so they're actually well they're not actually no they're not counted. They're just opened and validated um, beforehand, but they're done with um, representatives from each of the each of the parties. So yeah. so in in that kind of respect, um, there's a process already to make sure they're kind of deal with. But as for numbers, I I, I couldn't honestly recall. I think in some in some parts of the in some parts of the city, it will be they'll be greater than others. Um, and you know, in in some wards, um, the the postal ballot, the site, the share of the postal ballot vote can be enough to to um, to make actually all the difference 
um, in the result if it's actually quite a close ward, which lots of the wards, as we discussed before, um, yep. before are. Um, I'd, I'd, I guess for me, fundamentally, um, I'm in favour of anything that encourages more people to vote and makes it easier for people to vote and have faith um, in 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 casting in casting a vote. Um, I, I I would personally rather see you know see us um, develop. Um, more open systems um people don't seem to have any problem voting on uh, voting on the voice or voting um on or casting a um a mark in a poll on on facebook for example so there must be kind of i don't think it's beyond the wit of um the wit of technical people to be able to design a system that's safe and simple to use but that's a different uh, a different kind of question from a point of view of should may go ahead i'd i'd I'd, I'm not so. I, I don't think so much for me. The issue is what happens in May. For me, it's the what's happened. It's what you've just talked about. Is the how do how do uh, candidates realistically campaign um, without actually getting to speak to voters? Because it's important that voters get to get to speak to candidates. And in the current environment, that's 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 not that's not permitted and absolutely right. We can't go. Can't go door to door. It's not going to be possible, is it? And, no. And, and no, you can't go door knocking, or you can't put your your massive imperial to people. It, it's. I think it, you know. My my instinct at the moment is, May feels too soon. I, I, I think. By the time we get to May, we might have, and I'm hoping that um, I'm still coming through because my connection jumped a, um, jumped a little bit then. But for me, um, I think by the time we're yeah, at you... May, we'll have made enough of a progress with the uh, with the vaccination rollout that it the, that actually kind of the, the you know the, hopefully the tide will be turned and the and the, the we'll, we'll be past yeah. that kind of tipping point. And I, and I really really hope so because um, you know the NHS is pretty much on its knees and those people working their working their bloody socks off um in intensive care units etc are um need every basically need every bit of help we can give them in actually making their job possible um so i, I for me i think at the point of may it might it may sorry be uh, be okay but for me the election doesn't the, the just because the election date happens on the 6th of may there's a load of stuff that happens for all the three months before that Mm. and i I can't see that uh, i can't see how how it would be a um an election that allows all candidates and all political parties to engage and interact with the voters in the way that they would they should do um in order to demonstrate whether they deserve voters votes um I, i for me that when you count that backwards i'm less I'm less comfortable, if I'm honest. I, I yeah. would rather, I would rather if I'm if I had if it was my decision then, and it isn't, and I don't think Johnson's listening um, to us. Um, I don't think you know. Um, but I I would if I'm honest, and I can hear a, a, as I say it, or I'm about to say it, I can hear very very many Lib Dem um, campaigners or campaigners from other parties screaming at home. I, I'd rather see the 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 locals and the police and crime commissioner elections put back to October. Uh, you had October, I had September. Um, so, uh, yeah, for, for for me, if I look at it, and I think you're right, I think we will be in a much happier place on May the 6th. But I don't think we'll be in, in the safe place where, you know, we can have X hundred people filing in and out of a church hall stood in a queue with people sat next to each other. Okay. I, I don't I don't think we'll be that far past COVID for that to be, you know, something that's really cast iron safe. Don't worry about it. No, it um and he, and even if it is at that point, all the stuff that happens before won't be at the point where it's a good idea to um uh, to do that and and the other because just just the sheer mechanics of what happens before the day of the election um because normal people obviously 
that you know their consideration for the election is they'll get whatever they would normally get through communications through whatever means they would get from political parties or they would look on the internet for example and make their decision as to where to cast their ballot um but their involvement is you know other than their research and a decision some obviously have made them beforehand anyway um it is on the day or slightly before that if you've got a postal ballot um hopefully Ian's yep. not just wandered off um and uh, but even after the day and you know there's the there's the great logistical issue of how you would make that work in a safe and covid secure way bearing in mind what, what we said earlier on but then there's the count when normally that would literally, I was just about to say that would literally be hundreds of that's people that's a jamboree isn't it there's um yeah yep yeah, with um, you know, with political candid candidates um, and other activists, kind of cheek by jowl, um, you know, leaning over a, a table as um, as volunteers um, count uh, count the ballots, uh, you know, count and sort the ballots at, at the at, at the council. So, I, I, the I, the last I understood was that the council were proposing to to conduct the count over uh, over a few days, um, rather than condense it into into one night, which from a again from a logistical perspective would be sensible because it means you're needing less people in 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 one room at the same time um but you could also you know you could also quite logically separate different wards into different rooms so that they were secure or you could do x number of wards one night x number of wards the next night x number of wards the, the night after yeah. that and then that way the representatives from the different parties would be you're limiting kind of who would be interested in being there because you know to be fair in most situations it would be the candidate and their agent or their friend um that's that's kind of going to observe going to observe yeah obviously in this situation you'd you'd probably limit that to just the candidate to to be observing the count um and if it's only that ward you've only got you've got a let you know you've got less of a pool of people that would be it would be interacting um so um that yeah, for me, there's there's all sorts of things that you can manage, but possibly I still think it wouldn't be a good idea. No, and I think I I, I think we we can agree on this one. It, it, there, there's that element of it, it feels too soon. You know, the process is still is still slightly surreal, and you know, as we said when we've touched on a lot of the local elections before. Anything that lessens voter turnout for me is a terrible thing. You know, we've got we've got wards. I think when we looked at it last uh, for the 2019, we had wards where there was sort of 20, you know, 20, 24 percent turnout, which really. Yeah, I don't think it was so. 2019. I think but we the year are before 20. Um, sorry, Charles Dickens had. Um, I think. I think it was Charles Dickens had had under twenty percent um, turnout. So it's um, like you say, any, anything that 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 can lead to even more disengagement from the democratic process is a is a concern, um, and it's a concern for me. If if memory serves, I think that the deadline for a decision is 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 March the twenty ninth because that is the date um, at which. Um, at which basically parties have to, sorry, not parties, councils have to um, have to announce legally the election. So um, no later than Monday, the 29th of March is, is the date at which the elections have to be announced. So before that point, it is obvious, that's your window for saying, actually, no, we're not going to announce the elections. Because once once that announcement so is made, you, ca you can't change it. Yeah, then, then you, you're there. So lament I shall throw my own team under the bus here because I've not been wildly impressed with central government. The uh, the uh, the decision to postpone them sometime what middle of the afternoon Sunday the day before. Um, well, it would have been a. a st I'm just trying to think. It would only pretty much have been a well, a week earlier, just because of how the how it falls in um in in the month because so obviously last year they were scheduled to be the 2nd of may this year they're scheduled to be the the 7th uh, sorry the 6th of may um and the decision was made on the 13th of march last time 
So they were. Yeah, I mean, they that, were, was, they that were... was that was that was back when we were amateurs at U turning. To be honest, <laughs> Simon. I mean that that we've done that a full nine days ahead of when we needed to really. Um, so you know, in terms of leaving it to the last possible minute before bulking and turning round, um, I'm expecting a much stronger performance this year, and I'm going for about tea time on the Sunday. Well, that's uh, that's cynical. Shall I um, shall I just share some of the some of the comments that we've got in the room? Mm, um, so uh, so um, Ivy was glad that you you cleared up about the um, uh, about your expressed because um, it sounded at one point like you were mirroring uh, Trump's. Um, uh, trust, um, sorry, distrust of, of postal ballots. Oh um, God, no! That's, that that <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. me being entirely sarcastic and yeah. generally um, mocking the no. fool that is Donald Trump yeah. rather than supporting him. No. So uh, apologies, Ivy, if in no. any way I appeared to be well, you had endorsing me at one point. I must admit, Trump. No, the man is a disgrace. I was I was half a second from going. What the hell are you talking about? But nonetheless, um, and possibly in that octave. So yeah. uh, and Kimberly um, says yeah. that. Um, that, that. <laughs> Sorry, mate. The, the the I think the the lag is there. Um. So, uh, her family and friends are signing up for postal ballots. Um. Some of her elderly relatives feel that it's although they prefer to go to the polling station. Um. And do it physically. Uh, do their vote um, physically. I must admit, I like the. I don't know if it's. I don't know if drama is the right word, but I just like the act of going to. It's just community thing that you do i personally although it would be a lot easier to do it by post i don't think it would feel, no, feel I, the I, same. I remember you in the in the in the absolute inferno of your spinal malady where you dragged your poor ruinificated and fractured corpse to the polling booth looking like an octogenarian who had experienced some kind of bowel related trauma yeah but that was um wasn't that the general rather than yeah that was the general yeah, well, you cast. You still cast your stone, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. You still, no, I d- you still, despite yeah. despite the shuffling pain yeah. and shambolicness of it all, you still got there to do your democratic duty. Yeah, there are there are only two ways I'm not casting my vote, and one is if I'm under anaesthetic, and the other one is if I'm dead. So you know, that's that's not like a, you know, I'm not giving people hints. So um, nope, nope. <laughs> And um, Lynn, um, Lynn expresses that um, um, she thinks that the uh, election should be delayed. Uh, and uh, Kimberly says again, in an ideal world for <laughs> for purely selfish reasons, she said she'd love to, uh, to go ahead, especially if America, uh, in the state it's in, uh, can do it. Then you know, I guess what she's saying is they managed to hold a general election uh, by uh, predominantly by postal ballot. Um, despite what the orange person said. Um, however, if transmission is still this high, then I wonder how it's possible to do it, particularly making polling stations safe. Um, and she talks about the, the polling station in Milton is 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 but a, is but a tiny thing. Um, so, yes, that's the other thing, is you know um, just the sheer space of it and being able to figure it out. And that's the... Uh, I, I agree with your kind of critique of the government, is that to not realise that there will be lots of people trying to plan how to make this work or trying to trying to campaign um, in the in the current circumstances, actually the easiest thing all around to take all of that pressure off. Councils have got other things to be trying to organise at the moment. The easiest thing to be saying would be, uh, you know, as, as regrettable as it is, because uh, as we said earlier on, there are people that will be wanting to stand down. Um I, I know that there's a there's a couple of a uh, couple of our side that um, that are standing down. So you know, to be fair, they they've kind of been held on for for a year, and then and if it was extended, they'd be held on for for a bit more. So it's not ideal, but you know, it, we don't live in a perfect world. We've got to do what's okay. the what's the sensible and right thing in order to deal with this virus. So, in a perfect world, we'd all sing in tune, but this is reality. Can't remember. Um. Good Lord, I've quoted Billy Bragg on the podcast. Oh, my God. Are you getting your little red book out or something? Oh, big fan of Billy Bragg. Love his work. I got into a fight with him last year on the internet. That doesn't sound like you. Well, to be fair, I, 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 he made some point. And I went back to him and he came back with a lazy trope. And I, I wrote about it in my column and said... You know, I'd like to think I'd actually had a fight with Billy Bragg, but I'm fairly sure it was a staffer who monitored his social media account. And when my friends at Starring Crescent tweeted 
my article and uh, copied Billy Bragg or the hashtag Billy Bragg in, he came back with a very incensed, no, I'm not a bloody staffer. It was me and I was fighting with him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was my... Uh, oh, wow. That was my... Um... So not, on, not only yeah, did, you, no, did no. you have a row with Billy Bragg, but you had you actually insulted him by saying that it was just a mere staffer. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my, well okay. Yeah, well, my, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think my claims to... shouldn't should shouldn't surprise you. No, not really. Not really. Um, oh, hang on. Kimberly's got, Kimberly's got a question. This will this will test us. So, a question from my other half: um, How many times can you push back an election, and when does it become undemocratic with people who are past their terms theoretically unelected? That's a very good question, and the answer to that is that we don't know. Unless you do know. Oh. Um, no, I, I th- I, and I think this is the, the very good the, question. This is the this is where the, it's the counterbalance to our oh, just push it back, isn't it? Which is that you, you, know, you have a situation where the people who are up for re-election this time are elected to serve the four-year term. They've got a bonus year in, which for some of them who want to stand down is no sort of bonus at all. Um, for some who might lose their seat in this election because the the tide has moved in a different direction they've got an extra free year does that become an extra year and five months um by pushing the elections back still further i think the other challenge of course and this is for the volunteers and activists is that the advantage the advantage of 21 is that as we've explained before in the podcast we have three years of elections and then one year which is a fallow year. Well, 21 is the fallow year. Um, well, 20, um, 21 so was if we the, push yeah. these too far back, you and all the rest of the shoe leather... Oh, lost, yep. lost you there, chum. Yeah, sorry, my internet playing up again. Go for it. So me and all the rest of the shoe leather people... Well, you'll be pounding the pavement if if you get your October wish. You'll be pounding the pavements for the October arrangements, and then you'll be at it again in February, leading up to the May 2022 round. Uh, yes. Um, weirdly, because of um, people keep calling general elections, um, we haven't actually had a fallow year, so a year without there being a political campaigning um for about uh is it for about eight years Cause yeah because obviously seven so 21 would have been so 21 would have been a fallow year 17 mm-hmm. would have been a fallow year yeah but we had the great theresa may do you know what would be a laugh i'll tell you what would be a laugh yeah election which wasn't a laugh at all uh so that takes you back to 2013 which would have been the last yeah so time we had a fallow year which means 25 will be the first fallow year for 12 years in, indeed um so this might be why some uh some activists um are are, are a bit knackered um or, yes or so getting, shall, shall, getting a bit fractious shall we touch ar- on the, around the their great shall we touch on the great leaflet debate the great leaflet debate. Okay, let's 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 put that in the post box. Come on. So, part of as you've highlighted in your run up to May, is the rich tapestry of enthusiasts, volunteers, and political activists pounding the pavements of Portsmouth, tucking leaflets into post boxes, and interacting with the general public and the vox pop now a storm nay furore has blown up this week in that the conservatives and the labor party yeah have agreed that in the run-up to the may elections they will not be leafleting indeed the liberal democrats have decided have sought legal advice and i'm quoting sir ed davy this morning and they believe the distributing of leaflets is an act of volunteering and is therefore permissible under lockdown. Yeah. 
Boo. Um, I guess there's several different ways to kind of uh, to kind of deconstruct the question, but I guess the e- the easiest and simplest response would be, um, there's a difference in how the diff- how the how the how the three major political parties um, are constructed, um, yep. and um, the other two are actually quite quite fond of um, centralization and of um, edicts and decisions made made at the center that other people other people have to follow um I, I, the lib dems aren't the lib dems aren't like that but what what i've seen is that although the national party are saying um and, and as you say um ed davy said uh, said that on andrew ma andrew ma this morning um and i guess you you could argue that it is volunteering because they're not you know they're not they're not being paid um that you could argue that for the letter of the restrictions that um that it's a that it's something oh, that you can oh, well, I, can, I can hear dominic cummings rubbing his hands together or spirit of the law if you can go for an hour's drive for an eye test and you can take a seven a seven mile cycle ride yeah, and those people yeah, in the letter so yeah. and i'm and i'm trying to do this in a way that isn't what about so that's that's why i'm kind of pausing my words a bit if i'm if i'm really yeah. honest the decision is made at a local level um through in local parties through um throughout the country um and although the national party may have said one particular thing and has said that to be you know that that what they they as you say their line is that they've had legal advice and they also go on to to talk about the who um local party the local party here isn't doing that i made a decision several several weeks ago not to not to deliver any literature so it's not happening here that's superb in which case if i had a hat on at the moment i'd doff it to you and i applaud the portsmouth liberal democrats for their splendid stance against the evil central machine that would have you chaps spreading covid around like a thing possessed no no and again look, i'm pulling your leg because i have to because it's part of the dynamics of the podcast but i know I'm, I'm i'm really glad about that because you know i i listened to sir ed davy this morning on the andrew marr show and look bear in mind as a conservative and who isn't entirely happy with his current leader i've had my cringe worthy moments over the last six seven months but when I heard Ed there doing the, no, no, it's per- we've sought legal advice and it's perfectly acceptable to do it. It's volunteering. We're providing vital and essential information for people. Oh, it was a... Oh, I, I, if I cringed. I cringed quite yeah. a bit. It was like, oh, come on. And... and- and really? Yeah. Um. If, if I can, I mean, I I can only speak for myself. Um. That I certainly wouldn't be comfortable doing it. I wouldn't be asking any of the people that volunteer to help de- deliver leaflets for me to do it. Um. I personally don't think that at a time when I, you know, ICU wards and the NHS are actually under pressure, that um that what people want through their door um is is a political leaflet from any political party and there and there are examples in the media of of other political parties um delivering that i think that you know there's this um is it the conservatives in winnish and the green party somewhere else were, were kind of you know at the end of the day there's there's bound to be you know someone that gets overexcited or, yeah. or concludes a different way that, that does kind of think you know does does one kind of thing but i, I have to be honest I, I i don't think it's in keeping with the spirit of the restrictions which is yeah stay home unless you absolutely have to go out yeah and i think that's what i really struggled with simon is that is that there is an element of and that's why i thought you know you're on national television the other two parties have said yeah we're not gonna do it and i just think you know one of the things which is and again it's a much bigger political discussion is you know when when you look at local politics you know, Portsmouth is a case in point, isn't it? Which is that, you know, you as a as a political force in Portsmouth, you're running the council, you have the most number of councillors and are pretty well respected. At the general election level, you got hammered into third in both wards. And I, I can't square that circle. 
but there's an element for me of, you know, the fact that as a local party, you've chosen to do the right thing and not leaflet, I think is commendable in, in, and I, I, and I can say this as purely as an impartial observer, I think the national party and the leader in particular has done you a disservice by going on national because there'll be people in Portsmouth who don't listen to this podcast fools everyone how, how dare they but, That's who, outrageous. but who won't know that you in Portsmouth are doing the right thing well um well I I, I, I guess um well I guess they'll know by the absence of actually receiving anything from us so I mean you know that, that would be one thing um but yeah I think at the end of the day Let's take the party politics out of this. Let's not enter into Twitter spats about. Oh, I heard that someone's sister's brother's husband's dog had a leaflet delivered. Let's not let's not kind of get into that ridiculousness. Let's kind of uh, and you know, I, I you know, I'll be honest. In the first lockdown, I was delivering leaflets, but they were for the hive. They weren't for the Liberal Democrats. So yeah, they, they were. Yeah. Commu- they were. Co- that was community information, and and they gave me some kit to go out and deliver with. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I've kind of felt really conscious that pretty much well not so much after about every 10 houses but after a certain number of houses I, I made a massive point of kind of stopping and um um you know hand gelling my my hands um, regularly so that so that there was kind of like a point so that people you know I, I wanted people to be able to see that I was taking that care to to be able to do that yeah. but um I that I that I I understood to be vital community information to let people that perhaps weren't having contact from um, from people to know that there was help available and how, how they could get hold of it. Um, and if that sort of information is the is the information being delivered by someone that's a political party activist, I guess, you know, what's the difference between person A and person B delivering that information? But is that the information that's being delivered? Is that really what people want to see at the moment? And I, I just... I just don't, I, I don't, yeah, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. I wouldn't feel comfortable asking anybody to do it. Um, and, I, and I think, um, it, you know, if, if I'm really honest, I, I don't think actually the voters want to want to see that sort of stuff at the minute. And and I've got a stairwell, uh, um, um, my stairs are kind of stacked with loads of newspapers that aren't delivered to prove it. Oh, that takes me back. <laughs> It takes me back to the days of trying to climb the stairs to your flat back when we used to do this face-to-face, trying to avoid the piles of you make it, you make lip it, dem leaflets. Yeah, oh. it's not like a tower of them, but, you know, yeah, there are. There's, yeah, there's but a couple who of knows, who knows what would have happened if I would have touched them. So in the last few minutes, obviously, if they went as and when then, they will go ahead at some point. You know, if we if we just cast our eyes over the, there's quite a lot of changes coming up in the uh, so the the they cast are. that are running this year in the 2020 brackets delayed, we are going to see some fairly significant changes in the yeah texture and landscape of uh, at of, the top uh, the Portsmouth political scene. Indeed, and the the headline changes being at, at the top of the opposition parties. Yeah, so so Donna Jones is standing to be the um, police and crime commissioner, and I think originally in twenty twenty she was still going to stand at, for her existing Hillsley ward. This time she's made the decision that she's not going to uh, stand for that. So we're going to see a change there in Hillsley, um, and uh, Donna. Um, hopefully we'll become the new police and crime commissioner. So um, we're, we're going to see that one roll through. And then obviously the other is uh, Stephen Morgan, who has said he won't be standing again in Charles Dickens, but there is a little rumour he might be popping up somewhere else. Um, well, I guess it's possible that he could stand somewhere else. I d- I'm, I'm not party to who the Lib Dem, uh, sorry, the, who the Labour candidates um, are. So unless someone wants to pop them in the chat and say that they know that he either is or isn't, that that would be actually really useful information. But um, but you know, from a point of view of from what I understand, he's not standing in Charles Dickens because um, and before they were all delayed, we'd a- we'd um, 
we'd invited the, yeah, the, the, the candidate for yeah, we had the, the, the candidate for Labour lined up as part of our new faces in uh, we yeah, had which, indeed which we'll do again but obviously yeah. we need to know where there's going to be elections in May um, well, we'll we'll work our way through, and um, we'll try to uh, we'll try to invite um, cross-party candidates, and specifically, we'll we'll be interested to spend some time with uh, people that are new um, to being candidates um, on um, in the locals, um, but also in the police and crime commissioner elections. It, it would be lovely if they could grace us with their presence. Um, so um, it would be great to um, it would be great to have them on. But um, uh, yeah, the police and crime commissioner, as you say. Uh, Donna Jones is the Conservative candidate um, and Richard Murphy is the uh, Lib Dem candidate for Hampshire and the Isle of Wight uh, and I don't know who the Labour candidate is. Interesting looking at this election cycle in terms of, you know, always with our, you know, for those of you that have forgotten the system, we have 42, 14 wards, three councils in each. So 42 in total and... Um, the question this time in terms of this cycle is who's got what to lose? And it's interesting. We've got eight Lib Dem councillors up for re-election mm -hmm. this time. We've got four Conservatives. Only one from the Labour Party. And one Independent. Which is, um, so, yeah. in terms of, you know, and to, to just put that into... Because obviously the the um, the uh, constituencies are, or the uh, wards are all the same, so it, it was eight four to the Lib Dems for the major parties in sixteen. Twenty eighteen, it was four. The Lib Dems only got four. We got six, and the Labour Party got off the canvas to get four. And then if we look at the twenty. 19 election you've got six we got six and our friends in uh, labor got two so 2016 was a particularly fine year for the liberal democrats if we uh if we look at it across the city of portsmouth uh, yeah so um yes we um we won a lot that year um which is um because the I guess that kind of creates the situation of then you're defending um, those eight wards this year. Yes. Because um, as you say, we um, we we have elections three out of uh, three out of four years. So we don't have all up elections like they do um, in other places. Um, and three of those elected councillors are stepping down um, in the wards uh, that we're defending. So um, so as you, you know, they've they're um, at the moment they've been uh, they they've they would have been staying on for a, a term uh, an extra year than they have at the moment um whether that increases even further depends on whether the government delay the elections again um so yes so we've you know we'll be having swapping out three of our three of our established faces for three fresh faced candidates um and i guess yeah it'll, so there's a, there's a bit of, there's a bit of change there but it's it's all it's all to play for but so you did some number crunching with your with your famous spreadsheet and i use the word famous quite yeah well. so so i had a little look and again you know there there are some one of the things that, that when you I, I i think about what i describe as the monopoly wards so you've got the monopoly wards where all the candidates are of the same color see what i've done there so You've got wards where you can look at it and you can say, well, do you know what? <laughs> Pretty much, you know, let's not worry about that. So friend of the pod, Steve Pitt, is in a constituency which he won handsomely in 2016. 2018, 2019 are both returned Liberal Democrats. You know, if you're in Central South Sea and you're Steve, you're probably not that worried. Similarly, another friend of the pod, young Darren Sanders, eloquent man, sitting in Baffins, although Baffins always seems hotly contested, but it, it looks like it's going to be, he shouldn't have too many worries. The, the interesting ones, which I think, you know, we need to, we, we need to kind of muse on for a bit, is where, you know, you've got, in fact, we've had Matt on as well, we've had most of your team on, um, is in Eastney and Craneswater, um, and he he won he won the seat 
reasonably comfortably in 2016 with 43% of the vote versus the Conservatives 35. But since then, in 18 and 19, our friends in Eastley and Craneswater have overwhelmingly returned Conservative candidates. So he could be looking a little bit iffy. So, so you've got that down as a Conservative gain, have you? I, yeah, I, I, you know, and again, it's a difficult one with local politics because, you know, we go down party lines, don't we? And Matt Wellington seems like a, a perfectly splendid fellow, but I, I've, I've got him as a conservative gain. Well, Fratton is a funny old one as well, because that's, that's a little bit multicoloured in its nature. It is very, yeah, Fratton was a very, has, has historically been a very tight race. Yeah, the, the other one which I think is 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 an interesting, or a very interesting, is always an interesting one because of the very low turnout. What I didn't realise is Stephen Morgan, the leader of the, uh, the Labour group and obviously MP, when he won his seat back in 2016 as the councillor, the Lib Dems and the Labour Party were neck and neck. He had 34% of the vote, but you guys had 32. And, you know, it was literally a, you know, there was, I think it was about, I want to say 60, 70 votes between the two of you. Now, since then, Labour have won the last two um, council elections. But, of course, in 2019, famously, Councillor Claire Udy was had resigned from the Labour Party just days before the the ward went to the polls. Um, she won handsomely with Labour against her name, but of course entered the chamber not as a Labour member, but as an independent. So that one could have... I've got it down as a Labour hold, but I could see that one going um, going a little bit iffy. But you won't express what you mean by iffy. Well, no, I, 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 to be fair, I, I, I think the Conservatives have more chance of flying than, um, than taking Charles Dickens. So, you know, in terms of iffy, I think, I think if you got the right candidate and the right message in Charles Dickens, that's one I think you could sneak over the line. You could whip it off of Labour. Interesting. Um, it's I mean, it's it's certainly a place where it's um, where, well where it's um, where it's all to play for. But it 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 I find it interesting as you as you kind of travel around the city and you kind of look at the map and you look at the the historical um, votes. I'm I'm always struck that on one on one on one hand you're um, it's it's easy to be tempted to kind of see that basically how people have always voted is how they continue to vote and therefore um there are some places where it's where it barely changes it barely changes hands but of course the whole point of political campaigning is to overturn that so there are yeah. there are plenty of places in, in the city and, it, and indeed um when you look at on a parliamentary level where actually sometimes there are seismic shocks and there and there are um turns of events and whether those are because people fall out of love with a national party or a party of government or indeed with, yep. the, with the candidate um things do uh, change hand because to be fair if they didn't there'd be little point in having elections um yeah so no <laughs> um, and, and i i think the other ward for me which is is fascinating if you look at the way that the world has changed um and we touched on him earlier john ferret who won Paulsgrove back in 2016 with 41 percent of the vote and the um the candidate in second was the UKIP candidate who took 29% of the vote. So, you know, from our perspective as the blue and yellow teams, we were left with the scraps. But since then, you know, the Paul's Grove Ward, which includes Port Solent, has been a very strong conservative ward. And I kind of scratched my head a little bit. That, and again, I didn't have a chance to do the what changed you know, when 70% of the vote was, you know, somewhere else. How did that tide turn? But um, no, I think 
in terms of my my analysis, I've got you losing many more seats than you think you're going to lose, and you'll have yourself gaining seats. But um, many you've you've got ultimately whichever way seats. whichever way you play the numbers, um, the council's gain no overall control at the end of it, and I do not expect the Labour and the People's Progressive Front of Judea. People's Progressive Group. Come on, let, we can get Sorry, their name right. Got, no, there's there's another P in there. You've you've missed one. Um, not how I've read it on the. Anyway, go on. But anyway, they are going to do nothing more than stick their hands up for another Lib Dem administration. That's well, the way I see you, it. You draw that conclusion. unless the wheels come off the bus for you. Um, or the wheels come off the bus for us, and you are swept to power on a massive majority. Um, I, I, well, I, I have to be honest. I'd, I'd be surprised if we, um, if it resulted in a, in a majority. Let's let's you know, let's be honest. The, yeah, yeah. the chances of us ending up with a net gain of, of over four uh, four wards are, um, are are next to impossible. So let you know, let's count that out. Um, I, yeah. I, so my framing of your conclusion that regardless of actually how those, I, I agree that there there will possibly you know the truth is there's likely to be a couple of. Um, swapping of uh, swapping of uh, party colours of uh, different wards, but the net result, unless there's actually quite a seismic change, is going to be that um, it's unlikely that so it, no party's going to have overall control, so no party's going to get to more than twenty two uh, twenty two seats. Yeah. Um, however, the chances of the Labour Party and the Indip and the um, people's sorry the Portsmouth Progressive Group voting to um to support the conser the conservatives to form an administration is also um about as Slender, likely as, about as likely as you painting the the spinnaker tower red and white so um oh hang on um so no i i i think that you know all all things all things over by the by the shouting there'll be some changing of hands there'll be some kind of some redistribution of some slight numbers um some changes of party leaders um and i believe that am i perhaps right in thinking that that might be that there's actually a change um across the board in the leaders of the council groups so that might be an interesting an interesting change all, in dynamic to local politics it, it's it's all to play for right looking at the clock old chum on that on that wonderful point of harmony and agreement you've been listening to the pompey politics podcast blue and yellow till we die I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsby. Thanks for making it to the end Ooh, of another episode. And we didn't tell you what? that this week we were voted the 22nd best political podcast in the UK. Although well, we're not sure we believe in the source. No, I, th I think to be fair, it, it does look like it's a bit of a... Um, yeah, we had a, um, an email from someone that we're not quite entirely sure whether it's one of these things from the internet that you should you should trust. So, but anyway, um, I don't think there's a prize in the post. Um, so, um, yes, anywho, but thank you very much for making it to the end of another episode of the Pompey Politi Politics Podcast. Um, you can join us next week on Facebook Live at 6.27pm, um, unless, of course, we decided at the last minute to delay it. Oh, no, hang on, we're not. No, we wouldn't do that. Um and you can also join, uh, enjoy the podcast um, from your preferred purveyor of podcasts, indeed from your personal assistant. Uh, but please do follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast and on Twitter at Pompey... Uh, po hang on. No, Politics Pod... Oh, hang on. Pompey Politics 1. I should actually figure out what our own Twitter handle is. But anyway, join us next yeah. week. Thanks very much.